Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. On today's show, of course, we're going to talk about the Badgers winning the Big Ten, talk about their trip to Indiana, which ended up being a game that was uh, quite exciting. Uh, it came down to the wire, uh, but the Badgers were able to find a way to pull it out. And share of that Big Ten title, so we'll get into all that. We'll get into the recent news of Greg Gard and some All-Big Ten uh, conference talk, Nate Reavers and Demetri Trice. In that conversation, we'll kind of just talk about the win streak, and then we'll kind of just wrap up the regular season because we're kind of through phase one of college basketball. Now it's tournament time. Big Ten tournament starting up. Badgers will be the top seed in that. Uh, so pretty big weekend for you know Wisconsin basketball over these last days and everything to touch on with that. Uh, in the back half of the show, spring Football practice didn't really start today. Uh, Paul Chris did, was available to the media and had a little discussion like that, so we'll maybe talk about that, talk about some other football stuff, but uh, primarily today will be just kind of a regular season wrap-up, and then our show uh, later on in the week will be a full-on Big Ten tournament because we're, we'll go through each game and talk about all that. So, Matt, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Uh, it was kind of Awesome to see the Badgers over the weekend take care of that and claim a title of the ship. That was wonderful. They haven't done it since 2015, and really it, it's a cool moment given everything they've been to, through this season. And and then to, to go out and uh, kind of see, um, I guess for us to see spring practice backed up a little bit is um, – it's okay because it makes it so that it might be a little bit warmer when we're actually getting there, and we might get to see them in the in uh, Camp Randall a little bit more. So it all around, all around uh, decently good news. Yeah, absolutely, and you can't uh, you can't uh, want much more than a Big Ten title. But we'll start with the the IU game itself because there was some things to look at from that game before we get into the you know clinching the Big Ten and talking about that. That game was started out. It, was a, it wasn't the best half of Wisconsin basketball that we've seen all season. Those first 20 minutes were a little slow for both teams, but Indiana seemed to make some big shots to, to really keep that game interesting. Uh, and it really it wasn't the Badgers' best game overall, but again, this team, when they've haven't, over this win streak, when they haven't had their best basketball, they found a way to win and they did it. But what did you make of, of the early portions of that game? How did you feel that that game was going to go? Because there were times... Uh, in that first 20 minutes and into the second half where it, it felt a little dicey. Yeah, I mean, you saw what Devontae Green was doing early on in that game, and you was kind of like, oh, boy. Um, but but then you saw the Badgers kind of settle in, start to counterpunch a little bit, and, and make, make their own um, ability to keep going. I mean, the Badgers were so heavily reliant on the three-pointer early on. They only had two um, field goals from inside the paint very early. Um, it was just basically boom or bust. They're either nailing a three, they were, or they were turning the ball over, which with this, which they struggled with early in the game. But then you saw them not really turn the ball over much the rest of the way. You saw them um, kind of be able to go inside and improve their ability uh, inside. They didn't shoot as well from deep in the second half, but 
just down the stretch, they did what they needed to do to win that game while Indiana just kind of fell apart. Um, so, But I, I thought the Badgers did enough to weather the storm early on. They did really good uh, inside on the in post-defense, um, both with um, Reavers and Potter. I thought they did well. Um, Micah Potter has sometimes struggled with that, but I thought, you know, they were dealing with a lot of fouls for Potter and Reavers all with four, but just – they, they hung around and really um, battled against a really lengthy Indiana team and did a good job in the first half until the foul st- differential really started crushing them. Yeah, that really hurt them because we've talked about it on this show before that when when these guys get into foul trouble and you're, you're dealing with, you know, in the second half, you know, three, four fouls early on in that second half, it can really take you out of your rhythm and your flow. And I think you kind of saw that uh, for, for those guys that were in foul trouble, constantly going in and out. That always makes it harder because you don't really have a, you know, coach guard and, and his staff coming into a game have a plan for, for when to get their guys rest and when to, you know, get work other guys in to get them blows. And when you don't have that rhythm because of foul trouble, it changes a lot. And I think we saw that a little bit on on the offensive end. I don't think anybody was really getting into a rhythm. Obviously, Nate Reavers played uh, really well and led the team in scoring. But other than that, a lot of guys were, were just pouring in a couple buckets when needed, nobody really took over the game, but it didn't seem to matter because they still found a way, especially in that second half, to to up the scoring, settle in, and, and make some shots. So kudos to them for battling through a tough road environment and a, a, a tough you know referee game where it seemed like Wisconsin was really starting to uh, feel the brunt end of some, some tough calls on, on a few key guys. Yeah, and I mean, it, it was ironic that in the end that actually hurt Indiana because they had to – um, take some time off trying to get their get in the Badgers into the bonus. So it worked out nicely for the Badgers that they were able to um, kind of deal with the adversity, something that they've done all season long, and, and hold tight. Whereas Indiana, the game tightened up and, and they shelled down. They they only made one of their last 14 shots, which that's not going to win you games. We've seen Wisconsin struggled on the stretch uh, in in some key games. Uh, the Illinois game comes to mind where the Badgers had that game and, and just kind of let it uh, um, fall by the wayside. And that's kind of what happened to Indiana. Wisconsin made the plays. Indiana wasn't able to. Part of that is the experience. Badgers have a run eight deep, and um, everybody but Tower Wall has is, is got some experience. And, um, you know, most of them are, are, are juniors. So they, they – they have that edge on some teams, and it's kind of coalesced nicely uh, in this game. And, you know, they had that 12-0 run that just really changed the whole outlook of the game, and they were able to, to do what they needed to get the W. Yeah, they absolutely did. They just fought, you know, and that's kind of the, been indicative of this winning streak, this eight games. There's been, you know, a good chunk of the games. They, they were playing great basketball, but these last couple, even Northwestern was a little – ugly at first they didn't have their best game but this team came together there and, and, and found a way to win I think that's kudos to you know Greg Garda and the coaching staff for for getting his guys in the right position when maybe they don't have their a game or you're in a tough game away from home it's always harder to play assembly hall is not an easy place to play by any means so it was it was impressive that they were able to battle through and find a way to win and close that one out and it, it really came down to the wire in that second half, uh, you know, Indiana opened up a, a pretty sizable lead there for a little bit. It was started to look pretty bleak, but uh, some big plays down the stretch, uh, big rebounds from Nate Reavers, of course, in that final minute to put that shot back. And, and again, Demetrius Trice uh, down the stretch in those final you know, couple minutes just seemed to will his team 
Uh, you know, the, the announcer said Dimitri Trice wants a Big Ten title, and you can kind of see it. And that was fully on display in those final five minutes of crunch time where Wisconsin kind of clawed their way back and, and found a way to win it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think really the player of the game was Micah Potter. Um, mm-hmm. Just to navigate his four fouls for that last six-plus minutes of game action, he ended up with uh, nine, of, nine of his uh, 14 points in the second half and also grabbed six boards in the second half. So it, he really had some crucial moments. You saw when they got an offensive board, threw it out, and Davison had just missed the three-pointer, came right back to it, and, and drained it. And so, I mean, it's – the guys kind of have, have no uh, off switch and just were into it the entire time and believed in themselves, played well as a team, and, and that's what really did it in the end, whereas you saw Indiana just not be able to make the shots that they needed to in the second half. And it wasn't like Indiana came into this game with, with nothing to play for. They're they're firmly in the on the bubble, and they, they, they really put themselves in a tough situation here. I think they – are in like the last four in technically right now um, projection, but you never know if, if they lose a game right away in the Big Ten tournament, their their bubbles burst and, and they're screwed. I doubt they lose to Nebraska, but still, that is, that's not uh, the situation that you want to be in. And they had such a huge opportunity against the Badgers, but in the end, Wisconsin shut them up and got the W for the to take the Big Ten title. Yeah, they did, and it was really just an impressive win. Like you said, Indiana, you knew, we knew we're, we're going to come out and scrap and crawl and, and try to keep themselves in not only in the game but in contention for you know a, a NCAA tournament bid. Uh, when we talked about it a couple weeks ago, we expected maybe them to drop this game just simply because it's, it's hard to win on the road in this league, and you knew you were going to get an Indiana team that was hungry. But clearly the Badgers were hungry for, you know, their share of the Big Ten title, which is still, to me, kind of crazy to say. Uh, but they they found a way to get it done. They proved that this is a, a solid basketball team that I think, uh, you know, a second, I, I think expectation-wise, playing into the second weekend of the NCAA tournament uh, is is full within their grasp, and we'll, we'll see what happens from there. They'll, depending on the seeding, you might get a tough team like Kansas in one of those games, but I think the the just the way this season has shifted for this team has been pretty impressive and to go and with, with so many times before you know, Wisconsin teams having that game to grasp something huge like that sometimes it's kind of fallen by the wayside and and they've just missed out on it so to go into a hostile environment like Indiana a team that's battling for uh, a tournament bid the, like you mentioned the last four in according to bracketology uh, released today, so it's it's pretty impressive and just indicative of, of what this team is and what they've done over the last two months or so. Yeah, I mean they led they, they led for a total of just over, uh, seven minutes and twenty two seconds the entire game, and uh, most of that was that last little bit, and it was it was just such a gritty performance, and you could see just how happy this team was, and for them to um, battle through everything they've been through this year, and um, to bring home that title, and, you know, it was really cool for them to win by four, when that's been their motto all year, you know, four more, mm-hmm. so it was, it was, it was very cool, and, um, you know, you got to be happy for these guys, because they have gone through so much this year, and, you know, both on and off the court. Most definitely, they've battled through so many different situations with with locker room guys, with with things before uh, the season uh, with with Howard Moore. So so much that this team could have uh, just kind of packed it in. It's you know they had 500 in the Big Ten for a little bit. Uh, they could have just said, well, we're a 500 team. Maybe we'll make the tournament. Maybe we won't. 
Uh, instead, they pulled themselves up and decided we're gonna we're gonna make a run for this thing. And of course, some pieces fell their way, but they still were fi- you know able to you know clinch a share of that Big Ten title with Michigan State and Maryland, who coming into the season, I don't think anybody would have expected Wisconsin to be in the realm you know of of those two. I think those two teams were far and away the preseason you know picks to win it one two. Wisconsin was maybe projected to be by at least our staff of five or five or six in the Big Ten. Uh, so to come out and, and claim a share with only eight scholarship players is is pretty impressive, and and they were certainly excited about it and celebrating about it. It was it was cool to see uh, the emotion from those guys. Greg Gard was you know overcome with emotion when talking about it. Uh, you could see all the pressure that he had kind of kind of been facing in the season. He, it seemed to wash away, and I I think the fire guard uh, Twitter has has quietly went back to the woods and uh, left him alone for right now. Yeah, I mean, it was the Homer Simpson meme um, all over the place uh, in a lot of ways. And you saw Barstool go ahead and tweet out what um, the students who had, I'm guessing it's the same students, but maybe not, with their post-it notes um, uh, before. Um, it, it's it's just crazy to see what how things have kind of unfolded for him. And you got to be happy for him. He, he is a very nice guy, and he does know does know his X's and O's, and for him to help this team navigate uh, the off-the-court stuff in addition to helping them rattle off eight straight wins and um, doing so with a couple really key wins at Michigan and at Indiana um, on top of wins over teams like Michigan State, it's, it's really cool, and I think this Badger team is set up nicely for the tournament. Yes, I would totally agree. And with that, you know, stretch run that they you know went on these last, you know, it was really 41 days. I think you you mentioned the barstool tweet where that was when they had the the fire Greg guard uh, posted notes up on the window uh, on a campus building to to now eight wins later a share of the Big Ten title. Greg guard uh, was able to bring home announced this afternoon the Big Ten Coach of the Year. I think he was. I think it was a disgrace that he was snubbed from the short list of national coaches of the year. Uh, you know, we did a, a, a poll with Hammer and Rails of SB Nation, which kind of is our outlet to pick uh, all conference players and things like that. I picked Greg Gard as the coach of the year, and I would be surprised to, to see anything else. So I was fully on board with that, but huge kudos to him for turning this thing around and, and well-deserved coach of the year position for Coach Gard. Yeah, I, I voted for Guard as well um, within that poll for SB Nation, and I, he he is the most deserving candidate. I thought, you know, there's other guys who who had really good seasons, who who really helped their teams bounce back in a lot of ways, but nobody went through what Greg Guard has this year to 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 have one of your best friends and one of your top assistant coaches, one of the best mentors for your your team, um, being unable to to be with them to to help. Um, you know, raise these guys in a lot of ways. Uh, it was huge, and you know, he, he had to also battle through um, an assist or a, an assistant strength coach going. He had to battle through um, Kobe King deciding to transfer. Um, you know, partly because of uh, their uh, kind of a falling out between them. It sounds like, and just it's it's just crazy to see how far this team has come and a lot of it is is due to what he has done off the court and and on the court to to help these guys really rattle um rattle these wins off yeah it was it was just incredibly impressive because you talked about everything that's gone on 
for the most part, these things happen at other college programs, but at Wisconsin, uh, those type of things generally don't happen you know, too much in terms of the on-the-court stuff, the, the disputes in the locker room, the disagreements, stuff like that. Obviously, the Howard Moore stuff is a tragedy for, for any program, and that doesn't happen often, and you hope it doesn't. But to battle through that early in the season and, and just keep getting, it seemed like, a thing happening week after week in that middle stretch, it's it's pretty impressive because this team, uh, they, they could have said, well, you know, we're done with it, we're packing it in. There's animosity in the team and in the locker room. Uh, but but that didn't happen, and and then they came out, and not only did they play well and played for each other, they they rattled off eight wins and you know clinched a share of the Big Ten title. Their coach, for all his efforts, got rewarded with that Big Ten Coach of the Year, and it's just I, I really do think it's an underrated storyline in college basketball. Uh, but it, you just can't, you, I can't say it enough. It's hats off to this college, you know, this program because even with guard you've got assistants who had to step up into new roles early in the season so this whole this whole group is well deserving and I hope they can uh, make the most of it both in the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament. I was going to say I totally forgot um, you know the the post game after Micah Potter was officially denied for the the final time uh, his waiver claim and you know guard just sounded off and really I thought spoke very eloquently about his frustrations with the process and and uh, how he felt that what was happening to Micah Potter was unfair and really taking away from his um, ability to play in a in a finite amount of games uh, during his college career and and I thought that that was that was the type of moment that he not only went to bat for his players that sent a pretty big message to this team and and uh, this team was very different with Micah Potter back. Um, who did you end up voting for for the sixth man of the year with the um, SB Nation poll. I voted for Potter. I was I was kind of surprised that uh, the you know the Big Ten did not choose him. I thought you know I, I I guess Aaron Wiggins is is he is a very talented player. I've saw a couple of his games, of course, when they played Wisconsin, and uh, I, I caught the Michigan State games and a couple others, and he, and he was a solid player. But I think uh, what Micah Micah Potter brought uh, to this Badger team, I thought w- was just so important. He was such a big spark off the bench for this team as a sixth man, and then uh, you know even being a starter in their final game against Indiana, he came in and he was efficient. He'd come in and get you buckets. He'd play defense. Uh, he'd he'd rebound. He he just brought an energy off the bench that is what a sixth man of the year award gets. So for him to get snubbed like that, uh, I I personally was pretty surprised. I thought it was going to be a, an open and shut case uh, for Micah Potter, but he gets gets the raw end of the deal again from the NCAA and, and now that uh, it's unfortunate, but he's making the most of it with his opportunities. Yeah, I mean you gotta you gotta feel for him because I just uh, wrote a column. I mean you're probably hearing this the day after, but but I mean you look at his aff- offensive efficiency numbers and it just blows Wiggins out the out of the water. Like you noted, Wiggins is a really talented player, but he also played the third most minutes on his entire team. He played 71 over 71 percent of the team minutes. That's that's starter. Like you know what I'm saying. Like and he started six mm-hmm. over half of their team games. Micah Potter started three and averaged 18 minutes a game. So it's it's totally different realm. They ended up having very similar um, offensive outputs at at 10 points a game. Potter's a forward, so he should get some more rebounds. But I know Micah Potter is is not necessarily the the lockdown defender that you want um, as at a forward position. But his he is the epitome of what you want in a sixth man, a guy who can come off the bench and get you points. He is he is a walking freaking bucket. 
And, you know, he shot 15% better on free throws. He shot 15%, almost 15% better from the field. And he shot 14% better from three-point arc. It's not even close in my mind, and I think it's just silly uh, that he did not win the award. He he was the the best candidate for it, and I, I think it was just a, a real a real shot to Micah Potter in a lot of ways because he had such a good year, had really helped rally this team. They were five and five before he got eligible, and now you see they've lost five games the rest of the year. And and that's very telling about what he he has brought to this team. Um, like you said, he brought an energy that uh, you see him pumping up the crowd. You see him, you know, smiling and jumping up and down and, and laughing on the sidelines trying to get his teammates going. Uh, he, he has brought something that this team did not have prior to uh, his arrival, whereas you see Wiggins being a guy who has two other first-team uh, All-Americans um, uh, Big Ten All-Americans, I should say, on his team, whereas Wisconsin had two third-teamers. I mean, that's it, it's crazy that a team can win the Big Ten and not have a first or second team um, and, and not have uh, a guy like Micah Potter win the, the sixth-man award. Yeah, I I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I, I thought it was going to be, like I said, an open-and-shut case. And I, I read through your article right before we uh, came on here, and I thought it was great. And, and, again, when you look at it from that angle, it's – it's kind of it's a head scratcher to see how you could even uh, you know make a case for you know Aaron or Andrew Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> uh, he's a great player, but again, Micah Potter. I know we're probably biased because we watch uh, every Badger game and, and we're fully in tune with that program. But I think even from an outside perspective, that that he was he was the player that a sixth man of the year to come off and, and like you said, a walking bucket gets you what you need. Uh, get you that spark off the bench. That's what the award should go to. And I was I was surprised that he got snubbed in that uh, Big Ten selection. Uh, but thankfully, uh, I was reading the Hammer and Rails report, which is the uh, announcement where we voted on it, and uh, he did win it for them. So uh, apparently SB Nation is just on different pages than the uh, Big Ten. But thankfully, uh, we came through and, and landed Micah Potter with that award uh, on our site. So. Yeah, no, and, and it's just, I mean, that's that's part of it is obviously the media uh, and the coaches uh, go ahead and they pick, and, you know, Micah Potter didn't play the entirety of the season. I get that, but the 10 games shouldn't be the, the dictating figure that you look at to determine who, who ends up with the, that award, and um, it, it, it's a bummer for him. But it, in the end, Wisconsin got a share of the Big Ten title, and I'm sure he's going to take that. Uh, a lot more than uh, any personal award that he might take home because that's in the end why he came to Wisconsin and left Ohio State because he wanted to play and he wanted to win Big Ten titles. Most definitely. And it certainly worked out for him in that regard because Ohio State kind of fell uh, down in the Big Ten and Wisconsin made that leap up and uh, claimed to share with uh, with the big guns of Maryland and Michigan State of, of this season. So, like you mentioned, these these awards are always hotly contested and debated, but at the end of the day, I think any player in this conference would would rather have a Big Ten title. Um, but it is what it is. Well, let's talk about those uh, all-conference teams a little bit uh, because I personally was kind of surprised uh, that, that, that the Badgers got two on the third team. I thought uh, I thought Reavers would probably be on there. I, like I said, in our voting, I had Reavers on there, and I wanted to put Trice on there, but the guards in this conference are so deep. Uh, but Trice, these last you know eight, nine games, he's played really well and probably pushed himself onto that third team. But what did you make uh, of those two making it? Because uh, I don't think many people 
uh, probably across the conference that pay attention to the Big Ten, uh, would have expected to have two Wisconsin players on there. But I think this last uh, stretch run for some of these guys really really shifted the, the tiers of the teams that way. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think Trice just brings so much to the team. He he's, leads the team in minutes, uh, averaging nearly 10 points a game. But you look at his assist-to-turnover ratio, and, and it's almost uh, one to four. Or, or, uh, um, it's over two to one, I should say. So he, he's really had a, a great season in terms of distributing the ball, especially in the latter half of the season. Uh, you know, he, he didn't wow you with, with some of his statistics throughout the year, but he did a really good job both uh, in distributing the ball but also on the rebounding for, for a, a smaller and slighter point guard. But there's just so many top-tier guards in the Big Ten, like you mentioned. I was surprised to see um, Ron Harper Jr. not make the third team. Rutgers didn't have anybody um, when you consider just how good of a season they had com- considering what they thought coming into the season. I thought that was kind of a, a head-scratcher. But, I mean, great for, for them. I thought Reavers was a – was a surefire third teamer just because of the amount of really talented forwards in the league uh, as well. I mean, you see Luca Garza winning the award. You see a guy like Daniel Oturu getting second team. Uh, so, I mean, mm-hmm. dude averaged 20-plus points. So it, it's it's telling that the Badgers got only two guys in the third uh, third team guys, but at the same time, it's not that big of a surprise just because um, they still had such a, a talented roster. And when I was talking about – um, kind of how they did it. it. I kind of referenced the buckshot. You know, it's just any given night it could be anybody, and it, they kind of spray it across the board with who's scoring. But, but I thought Nate Reavers was definitely a guy who was going to get third team. But I was a little surprised, like you said, of Demetri Trice. Yeah, I agree with you. I thought Reavers was going to be sure fire on there, and I think Trice this this last stretch certainly helped him. Uh, he he played his probably his best basketball of his career over the last you know seven, eight, nine games. So. I, I get it. I was just I was and I'm happy to see it. I was just a little surprised by it because there are you know a lot of guys. Ron Harper, uh, Marcus Carr from Minnesota. I know I know record sometimes plays into that as well. Uh, I think it certainly helped that Wisconsin uh, claimed a, a share of the Big Ten title to help get you know two players on there because how can you win a conference title and not have some players on there? Minnesota uh, was was struggling down the stretch, so I can see how you could shift these things around, but it also just speaks to how deep. Uh, uh, this this conference is because the, the guys on that second team of you know AO Xavier Simpson Xavier Tillman Daniel Oturo and Caleb Weston in a lot of conferences that second team is as good if not better than uh, some first team guys and and the same could be argued for the third team of of Jack Trace Jackson Davis and Joe Weiskamp Geo Baker Reavers and Trice those guys could easily be another conference second team so it just kind of speaks to the overall depth and the strength of the Big Ten and. We're, we're really going to have a treat this week with the Big Ten tournament coming up, and we're going to get all these guys into Indianapolis to, to square off and, and see some great games one last time. Um, who is, like, in, in your mind, who who is the guy that you were super impressed with and that, that kind of tilted how you voted in there and that that you might have been surprised with how he came out in, like, these these uh, actual um, awards? Yeah, I mean, mine for me was – Daniel Oturu, I I struggled to ha- I had him on you know when we did our vote I had him on the first team and I, it was hard for me because Jalen Smith is certainly deserving of the first team but I watching both Oturu in both games against Wisconsin and a couple others I I personally had him I, I thought he was one of the best five players in the conference so for me I I had him a little higher uh, but 
I I think you could make an argument for either one. I think the other guys on the first team outside of those were, were probably open and shut cases with obviously Garza. Uh, Cowan Jr. might you could maybe you know make an argument for AO over him, but but there's a lot of contentious guys. But for me, I thought Oturo was a first teamer, uh, and I know again record plays into it, but uh, I was I was a little surprised by that. What about yourself? Yeah, I thought Daniel Oturu, um sh- should have been on the on the first team line uh, for for both, just because he was also all defensive team. I mean, dude, dude was dude is one of those inflatable uh, things because he's like seven feet and can just block shots and impact shots even when he's not blocking it. And I, I think I had actually Lamar Stevens down. Um, I, he does a lot for Penn State, really talented player. But I went really tall. I went with Jalen Smith, Luca, um, Ao, and Cassius Winston. So I went with a pretty big lineup. But I thought just because of the sheer number of really talented forwards that that's kind of the way to do it, to try to get him. But I actually thought uh, Kofi Coburn um, was a guy who could have pushed for the second team as well over maybe Caleb Weston. I thought Caleb Weston at times uh, didn't have the season that he could have. He really did a good job um, a couple of years ago or in last year. But I thought Coburn was, was – he obviously won the freshman um, um, of the year award, which I gave him in my vote just because I thought he was – tremendous uh, and really changed that entire Illinois team. I thought he was the most important player on that team because you saw what they were last year when they had the press, they had Ayo Desumu and some other guys uh, that were talented guards, but they didn't really have the, the rim protector that, that Kofi Coburn is. And I thought he's a guy who really deserved um, the um, all-freshman team and to win the freshman of the year award. And I'm glad he did because I, I was really impressed with how he is as a player and kind of his development even over the course of the year. Yeah, that guy is a beast, and uh, I, I I know Wisconsin only met up with him once, but he was a I was a monster uh, against the Badgers in that loss, and I was thoroughly impressed with the inside out game between him and Odasumo. So they're uh, they're a team that is is pretty talented, and he's pretty talented and, and telling. And I, I'd agree with you. I think. Uh, you know, Caleb Wesson could be one that you can make an argument and maybe uh, slide some guys around. But, again, it goes back to the depth of this conference. And with that, I know we're going to get into our Big Ten tournament preview in our next episode, but we'll touch on it in just a minute. Uh, what are you uh, excited to see about this Big Ten tournament, and uh, how do you expect this thing to maybe shake out a little bit? I think it's going to be great. I think there's going to be so many good games uh, to watch, and and that's what it's really about is just being able to watch a lot of really good basketball in a, in a brief amount of time to just kind of rattle them off back to back to back. So um, I think just the sheer volume of really great games that we're going to be able to watch is what I'm looking forward to most. Um, but I, I think there's some really good matchups as well. I think the Badgers have a pretty good path if if they can get hot and and do some damage, but but really, like I said, this conference has been so crazy all year long. It wouldn't surprise me to see um, some of these teams that don't even have a, a double bye have a chance to to sneak in and make some noise and get to the championship. Hopefully, it's not against uh, or takes over a team like Wisconsin, but instead knocks off one of the others. But I, I think there's going to be some really good games that are going to be going on, and I, I hope the Badgers can can come out uh, and shoot well like they have been lately. Um, because that's going to be important when you get into tournament play and you're shooting at um, unfamiliar rims. 
Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And Baker's Life Fieldhouse is always a great place uh, for to watch that. Uh, if there was a year to go down to this Big Ten tournament and, and watch just all the games, this would be the year because it's going to be uh, phenomenal basketball back and forth uh, over these next few days, from Wednesday to, to Sunday. And then you're going to have not only the Big Ten tournament, but every other conference that's either going on now or, or getting into their tournament this week. So uh, tons of fun stuff. This week is a great week for basketball fans and, and Big Ten basketball fans. And hopefully we're watching the Badgers play late into the weekend. Anything else you want to touch on basketball-wise? We'll get more into the Big Ten tournament later on, but uh, anything else you want to touch on? Or otherwise, we can uh, get into some football. Yeah, let's talk some football, man. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and kick it over to a couple quick ads, and then we'll get into some brief football talk. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, spring practice for the Wisconsin football team was supposed to maybe start today or tomorrow. They pushed it back until the guys are uh, back from spring break, so the date shifted around. Not that it matters too much. They've got a lot of flexibility on that. Uh, but Coach Chris did uh, talk to the media today. Uh, the man of many words himself didn't have a lot to say. Um, basically, uh, the old cliches of he's excited for the opportunity uh, to get to spring practice and, and, and was more so focused on you know, getting guys reps. So a lot of the questions were how do you replace, you know, boil down, how do you replace John to the Taylor, who's going to get the quarterback reps and things like that. And he kind of deflected some of those questions. But did you get a chance to see uh, Coach Chris' 15-minute uh, uh, media press at all? Yeah, I did. And I liked what I also heard from him in terms of the new wide receiver coach with Alvis Witted. Um, I, I think – you know, Chris. Chris is going to tell you what he wants to tell you. Um, he, he's not going to mince words. He wants to. He he's in charge of the program, and if you look around college uh, football, generally that's what uh, you can do. It's a little different than the NFL, where there's certain guidelines about what you need to talk about. Whereas in college football, you kind of have a little more control over that. If if you don't want to talk about it, you don't have to talk about it, kind of. Um, but I, I thought uh, overall, just you, you saw kind of some of the guys who are limited. I thought that was kind of. Uh, jumped out a little bit just because they sometimes do that uh, to be cautious, but also it t- is it telling about where some some of the guys are uh, in terms of where um, they are next year and, and kind of what they need to do to get ready. But um, what did you make? Uh, what was the highlight that you saw out of it? You know, I loved, uh, I loved when he was asked about the, the quarterback reps because I, I knew someone was going to ask that question uh, and and I knew he, I knew the question was going to come, but I also knew that what the answer was going to be that he was going <laughs> to <laughs> that he was going to work around and tiptoe around it as best he could without giving away too much. But uh, I, I I was excited to just kind of hear him talk about that. I think he's had a lot of uh, a good. There was a lot of good questions. Uh, you know, sometimes the those media things are are hard to come up with quality questions. But I think everybody that was there was was itching to finally get. You know, to hear from Coach Chris because after after bowl season, it's it's kind of a, a dead period other than recruiting. But you still don't really hear from the coaching staff. You know, these guys don't have a mic in front of them, so 
it was it was just nice to see you know kind of his overall thoughts on that. Uh, he talked about the running back position a little bit. He he mentioned that he was uh, excited to see Isaac Garendo and Julius Davis, two guys that the la- our last episode we kind of talked about. And then uh, I, I really liked what he said about the the defense and and who might be a leader because. Uh, the names of you know Garrett Rand and Isaiah Laudermilk were were the first two we threw out. Eric Burrell, um, so really it it just it would drove some excitement for me on both sides of the football, and I'm I'm just ready to get it uh, get closer to football season. I know the basketball team is doing some great things, but it was nice to hear from Coach Chris after essentially uh, a couple month break. Yeah, I mean, that, that hiatus is, is a long time, and it allowed some of these guys to really hit the weight room. I mean, you saw freaking punter videos of, of bench press. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think uh, the big thing that I took from it was you saw Cormac Sampson uh, moved yeah. on the official roster back to offensive line. The dude's been flipped from flopping for a while. But I think that's uh, that lets you know where the staff feels about some of their tight ends and some of the younger guys, which I think is huge. They've got the bodies. Maybe they're finally healthy, and they think they've really put on the weight and the strength to to compete, and not necessarily need a guy like Cormac Sampson to to be a, a jumbo tight end. And I know that they're really high on him as a potential offensive lineman. Um, and then the other thing was the um, Keanu Ben and Bryson Williams yeah. being out. Um, you know, I, I think they'll be okay. I think Bryson Williams is a guy who you could could uh, have Skip Spring, and that's fine. I think it would have been nice to get Keanu Benton some more work. Just, you know, the more practice he has in terms of gaining that leverage, using his hands, um, being physical at the point of attack, it it goes a long way. But um, I think it also opens up opportunities. You saw Gio Paez is listed at nose tackle. He's a guy that I think could really uh, benefit from that edit, those extra reps, because he's pretty much going to be the only nose tackle on the roster um, that scholarship. So he's a guy that that helps. You know, we've talked um, time and time again here recently, recently about um, how the Badgers are starting to actually build a nice foundation along the defensive line uh, a, a few episodes ago, and and that's that's pretty telling to be able to slide Gio Piaz over. Now you've got three nose tackles, a guy who's going to be waiting in the wings, so that when um, when Williams is gone, you have still two quality scholarship nose tackles to fall upon um, each a class apart to kind of really be able to play off of one another and, and still have a guy the following year once Keanu Benton also leaves. So I think that was something that I actually liked. I thought that was really good to see. Um, and and I, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm just excited to see um, where this team is at and what they can do um, going into uh, next year because it's going to be cool to see. Yeah, it's going to be a great uh, group, and I think you hit the nail on the head. Those two were the names that jumped out uh, with being limited uh, for the spring and not participating. And you know, I, I know I saw some people that were were very worried about it, but we got to remember that this is still spring football. There's a long time for these guys to get ready, and and some of it might even be precautionary because you don't want to uh, you don't want to lose a. a, a key piece of your offense or defense uh, in spring football. This is just about getting reps. You know, they're, they're going to take advantage of their 15 practices and got, try and get guys reps. And now other guys get an opportunity, like you mentioned, to, to step up there. Uh, the other one that kind of stuck out to me, uh, I, was, I was interested to see where Scott Nelson was. I didn't know if he'd participate in the spring, uh, but, but he, he seems like kind of a not forgotten name, but uh, a name that with, with the emergence of Reggie Pearson and Eric Burrell, 
uh, that that he kind of fought, you know forgot about him working his way back in there. But he if he can be healthy, you know come this fall, I think it only adds to the secondary and of course a defense that that looks pretty strong on paper. So I was excited uh, for Coach Chris to touch on that he'll be uh, ready to go this fall. Yeah, I think that's huge because he is a, he is one of those guys that is a vocal leader. He is one of the loudest guys you'll ever meet uh, when it's practice time. He's always chirping. He, he he's a funny guy, but uh, he he'll, he'll bring a lot to that room. And they like to do a lot of three three safety sets, and that gives them that ability because Reggie Pearson can be a roamer in the box a little bit more. Um, but the other one that uh, another guy who is out, you know, obviously Eric Burrell was also going to be out, so it opens up some opportunities for some of the younger guys um, to get some work. You know, you got a guy like Titus Tolaire who could who could mm-hmm. see some extra time in practice to to be that next crop of young safeties. But then the one that I think is big is actually Caden Lyles, uh, who yeah. who is on that. Um, he's a guy that, who's just been. They've been everybody's been waiting for, and I think he he's a guy that I am still assured is probably going to be a starter unless things go haywire for him and he can't get healthy. But um, to see right and left leg injuries, that's uh that's not great, and hopefully it's just precautionary and he'll be okay by the fall. But um, it's it's never great to see one of your young up and coming linemen that you're you're banking on not being able to go for spring practice when he he has been kind of niched into that left tackle or a left guard role and hasn't been able to play center where I know they wanted him, that opens up the spot possibly for a guy like Joe Tipman who's really going to be able to to get a lot of reps possibly at center or or possibly Josh Seltzner or some, some of the other guards to, to make a big step or Michael Furtney. Maybe you see Logan Bruss pop down and Tyler Beach on the out at right tackle, but it, it makes a lot more shuffling going on and opens up opportunities for younger guys to show, hey, uh, I should be taken a little more serious, and and it also hurts kind of what Caden Wiles can do in his development after being on the D line for a year. Yeah, exactly. You're trying to work him back into the roles you want him in, because uh, I think at the end of the day, he's he's one of your strongest five, and and I know Coach Christ and, and Coach Rudolph want their best five, uh, and, and they're willing to shuffle it around. So that one. Uh, was certainly an eye-popping one because, like you mentioned, right and left leg is is always more concerning because it's essentially two injuries versus one, uh, and, and it can take time to get back. And like you mentioned, with uh, with his, he hasn't been entrenched in that offensive line, uh, you know, practice for for his entire career. He, he's been back and forth that way. So uh, certainly something that, you know to pay attention to with all these guys out for spring, but a lot of time to hopefully get them all healthy and get them uh, worked back into the fold uh, come fall because fall practice, while spring practice is important, if you want to be out there, you really want them out there for uh, fall ball. So it would be interesting to see how those guys get healthy and get back in there. So anything else you want to touch on football-wise? Otherwise, we will uh, wrap up another episode. Uh, just Chris also brought up in his availability talking about the wide receivers and some of the younger guys. I thought that was um, big because he, he specifically called out some some names like Stephen Bracey, um, who, who doesn't get talked about a lot. Uh, he gets mm-hmm. talked about the, the two Michigan receivers, A.J. Abbott and Todd Mustafa, who we touched on last episode. And then the other guy was Chimre DK, who we've talked about as a guy to potentially watch out as well. Um, so they, they they brought up some names that – that we have brought up as guys are going to be fighting for um, being the next guy up at wide receiver and kind of filling some shoes. And with Jack Dunn also out, they have added opportunities because Jack Dunn is kind of a known commodity at this point. You know, he, he's he's a good slot 
receiver. He probably isn't going to wow you. Good blocker, but um, maybe some of these other guys can can really make a, a jump and and push for extra PT. Yeah, I think both of those guys uh, getting their name thrown out there, and then Bracey, that was one that I, not that I was surprised to hear that name, but it, like you mentioned, not a name that you hear a lot. You hear a lot about Mustafa and Abbott, and and we've talked about them uh, quite a bit with those two, but. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see also, you know, with he, he talked about Kendrick Pryor maybe working into the slot, so that'll be an interesting uh, position to watch for. But really that wide receiver room is going to be a, a one to pay attention to because uh, you lost Quintus Cephas, you lost A.J. Taylor, two of your uh, you know, top receivers. So you're going to have to have guys like that that, that step up and these extra reps in, in spring football can, can make or break who, who does it and who makes the field at least coming into fall. Uh, until you get another opportunity. So exciting stuff to watch for. But All right, guys, well, that wraps up another episode of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Uh, hopefully we got enough football for you in the, that realm. And then this next episode, like I mentioned, uh, will be out. Uh, not sure what day. We're going to record uh, Tuesday evening. Not sure what day we'll out. We'll try and get it out before the uh, you know, the Big Ten tournament starts. But we'll kind of go through the entire tournament, maybe uh, do some hypotheticals for not only the Badgers, but uh, what we think of the tournament overall, go through games and things like that. So should be a fun episode and a fun four days of basketball over in Indianapolis for the Big Ten tournament as we get ever closer to Selection Sunday and March Madness. Thank you guys for listening, as always, on Wisconsin. Thank you.